we're in this series on the gospel and Casey opened it up by saying, here comes Jesus, he left heaven, he came down and he took on the form of, of man and he was a carpenter's son from a real small village. So everybody knew Jesus as just the kid who ran around these housing projects that his father was building until it came time for him to reveal more about who he was. Now, he had a great command of Scripture, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, called the Torah. He had all of that memorized. You don't want to know what it's like? Just go open up your Bible and look at the first five books. And Jesus had all of that memorized before he was a teenager. And as a teenager, people could ask him any religious question and he had such an amazing way to answer the question that it just, it baffled even, you know, rabbis and theologians and people who really thought they knew all the scripture. And really, his views about God were different than everybody else's. Now, of course, Jesus knew who he was. And the gospel just asked this question, you know, who is Jesus? What is the gospel and what does it mean to me? And so today, we're, we're on, the, on the question, what? What is the gospel? And really, in simple form, the gospel is about transforming your life. What does the gospel do? Why should I care? The gospel is all about your life transformation. As services ended this morning, I had a conversation with a wonderful young lady who came out and talked to me about how she uh, received Jesus, wants him in her life, and now she wants to be baptized. And she said, I've been struggling with it. I've pretty much kept Jesus at an arm's distance. It's like, I think I trust you. I think I believe in you. I, I know about you, but I don't know that I'm ready for you yet. And she's had, just like many of us, our own struggles in being wounded in religion and, and why we've suffered things and I don't know if I can really trust Jesus or not and she said that in this past week she just made the decision and she said it's almost like he came to me in a personal unique way and I just said yes and she's like you won't believe what's happened to me on the inside it's like now I just want to go tell everybody and so her husband is going to be baptizing her, and I'm so excited for Ariel. And I just want you to know that the, that the good news of the gospel is transforming lives today, now, and in this current time. And so maybe your life can be one of them. So if you're in that process, today's message is for you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul is talking to this church in Corinth, and they're just trying to figure out what is the gospel, what's the good news, and he says, and I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. The word gospel really just means good news, good tidings. It's like, hey, I've got some really good news for you, and, and it comes in all kinds of forms. People are like, man, you can go down and you can get a car with 0% interest, and they've reduced $5,000, and you're like, well, I've been looking for a car. Or so-and-so's having, Cherish is pregnant. You know, she was up here singing today, and she's pregnant. And so she's like, she's pregnant. Things are so wonderful, and, and, and this is so great. And so that's good news. Well, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? And then he said, and it's what uh, I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. So the first thing that you need to know when it comes to the good news 
that Jesus Christ died so that you can be saved, number one, you have to receive it. You have to receive it. Your parents can't receive it for you. You can't receive it for your children. Your neighbors can't do it. You're not going to be saved based off of the faith of your spouse or your parents or any good people that you're friends with. You personally get to decide what you want to do with Jesus. And so he said, that's the first thing. And just, have you received it? And this is rhetorical. Have you said, I want Jesus in my life? Maybe, like my conversation this morning, I've kept him at a distance, but now it's, I've decided I just, I'm all in. And I want to give my life to Jesus. And then number two, in which you stand. And it's not just that you receive it, you stand in it. I'm now going to live by what I believe Jesus teaches. I'm going to live by what he thinks is right. I want to stand on his principles. I want to stand in his truth. I want to give my life completely to him. I want to die to myself so that I can live to God. And I stand in it. You, get, you know, I want it. You need to know as your pastor, I'm going to stand in what I preach. That I'm going to be the same person tomorrow that I am today. And so, and so it's like, do you stand in what you believe? And then finally, by which you're being saved which means it's a process. We're to, I haven't arrived yet. Anybody arrived yet? Anybody feel like, you know, I don't need any more of Jesus inside me? Anyone, right? And so it's this process. There's a beginning point and a transforming that happens. And over time, God wants to make you more like him. And so this is the good news. And so as Paul begins to describe it more, he says, you have to hold fast to it. Because you don't want to believe in vain. In other words, I don't, and maybe this is rhetorical. Maybe you've known people who said, man, I want to believe in Jesus. And they, they become a Christian and they want to give him their life. And then a month later, two months later, a year later, they just walk away from it. And they're not living their life according to what they even say they believe. And if you've seen that before, it's so sad to experience a taste of Jesus, to experience a little bit of freedom in life, only to have the world come back in and choke it out, right? And so he's like, man, hold fast. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't believe in vain. Don't get started and then just walk away from it, right? So if you hold fast, what am I holding fast to? You're holding fast to this, for I deliver to you as of first importance. When it comes to the priorities of your life, what is the most important message for you? What's been delivered to you? What you hold on to and believe? What I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that is the gospel. That's the good news. It's just that simple. In one sentence, Jesus left heaven, came to earth, lived a perfect life, and went to the cross and died for your sins so that you could be saved, was buried in the tomb, and on the third day rose from the grave and conquered death. Now, if this is not true, then none of us should really be. It doesn't matter if we're open or closed. <laughs> well, the good news is that it happened. Jesus did live, and there was an empty tomb. And they went to look for a body, and there was no body until they saw him. 
And over 500 people witnessed him and watched him ascend back to heaven. And it's true. And because of that truth, you can know that your life is being transformed. And that God wants to do something amazing in you. And as he just begins to describe what it is, I just want to ask you, what does the gospel mean to you? Just what does the gospel mean to you? Is it something that you've been struggling with? Giving your life to God, is it something that, man, it's my desire is here, but my follow-through is here? Is it something you believe, receive, stand in, and walk in, and share with others? And so, he gave, Paul begins to just talk about it. So the first part of 1 Corinthians 15 began to talk just about the fact that, here's the facts, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And then Paul just begins to think about that and talk about that and tries to ask, what does that mean? And what does the resurrection mean to me? And so, starting around verse 37, 38, for the end of the chapter, he's doing the best he can to describe what he believes is the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's talking about things that none of us really understand because we're living on this side of death. And he wants to say, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory, what is sown in weakness is raised in power. But all of these second parts of the sentences, we can only experience some of that here. The rest of it we won't experience until after we stop breathing and we, be, we begin our first breath of spiritual life apart from this shell of a body. And so... This is what he begins to say. What is sown is perishable. This word perishable in the Greek means decaying. This, we were born into this body. My body, your body. We were born into this body and it's slowly decaying. For some people it's faster than others. For some people life ends way too soon. And for others it's a long life but we're all in the process of decaying. But there's something inside you, that soul inside you is gonna be raised eternal. It never will die. You will never die. The best part of you will never die. The part in you that thinks and lives and breathes and feels and understands and yearns for more will never die. This shell that we're in is only meant to be temporary. It's sown decaying. It's sown in dishonor. This word dishonor in the Greek really is about shame. It's sown in shame and guilt. And God never intended us to carry shame and guilt. Never. So if, if you're like, man, I'm so ashamed of what I've done, and it makes you bow your head, and it makes you cower back, and it makes you say, why? I'm not good enough for the things of God. Why would he love me? We were never meant to carry that. That's why, that's the good news. It's why Jesus died for your sin. And it's, you know, I was talking with someone this past week just about, it's like, you know, I'm, the last three or four months, you know, I feel like I've been more tempted than ever before. I feel like I've been more isolated. I feel like I've been more depressed. And, and it's overwhelming me. And I don't know if there was, I don't know if it's 
because of COVID or because we haven't been assembling. I, you know, I just don't know. And then I had several other people feel the exact same way. Are you okay? Okay, thanks, Taryn. So it's just inside all of us, there is something that is wrestling with things eternal. And there are oftentimes things that make us feel shame. And so this is what God is saying to you. This is the good news. All you ever have to do is just take it and give it to God. He's like, give it to me. Let me bear your burden. You weren't meant to carry that. Your body, your health, you're not meant to carry all that. And so Jesus said, take my burden, take my yoke, and let, let me carry that for you. And I will forgive and remember no more. I will separate your sin as far as the east is from the west. And so, and this is just Rick preaching, this is my own commentary, but this is the way it feels and looks to me. It's like, I'm like, you know, God, I'm so sorry. You know, and just, I'm just going to make it up. You know, this guy cut right in front of me, and next thing you know, I'm just like screaming at him. I'm like, you, I can't blur, right? And it's like, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I pulled up next to the person, I looked over, I'm like, I'm going to, again, they go to my church. And I'm like, hey, just, I was just catching up with you so I could say, praise the Lord. Now, I'm so embarrassed. They knew it, and I knew it. And I'm just embarrassed. God, I'm so ashamed. I'm, I'm, would you forgive me? And then comes Friday, and it happens again. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm just, so I'm just praying, you know, God, I know I told you last Tuesday that I didn't ever want to do that again. And it's as if God just interrupts my prayer and says, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Did you say, what'd you say about Tuesday? Well, I, you know, same thing happened last Tuesday. He goes, I go, what time was that? Hold on a second, what time was that? And he's like looking through the journal of my life. And, and what did you say? He was like, well, this guy cut me off and, you know, I was really aggravated. And I, God's like, you know, I don't have anything down for you that day. Oh, Lord, you must have, because I was really loud. I was really, <laughs> I mean, I really said it. And he's like, no, did, did you ask me to forgive you? Yes, Lord, I did. Well, then I've just chosen to wipe that out. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? That's the good news, is that your God is so powerful, he can choose to willingly forget and, hold, and not hold against you anything you've ever done if you receive that. Now, we can bear the scars of it for a long time, can't we? But what is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. God is in the process of making you holy. And what is sown in weakness, and this word weakness is really about our physical health. And so if you were to research that word, it's like health-wise, we were born and, and with a certain amount of strength, everybody a little different. But as you live, the longer you live, the more our bodies become susceptible to things like COVID-19 or the flu, or other things that just begin to rob us of health, and we are weak. And sometimes a disease comes along, and it reminds everybody of how weak we really are. But it's raised in power. And so Paul's doing the best he can to describe to you that what you're experiencing right now, at its best, is decaying, and is dishonorable, and is weak. 
But God is doing something that will be eternal, that will bring him glory, and that will be powerful. One day there will be no more death or dying. One day there will be no more sin, no more disease, no more tears. One day everything will be transformed and it starts now. Now these two videos are for the kids to find something to draw. He gives us two word pictures. The first one is this. It is sown a natural body. And so Paul is using these two word pictures. Think of a seed. What happens when you plant a seed? And think of something that has one form in its body and transforms into another. So the first one for children, here you go. This is a seed being planted and it just starts developing roots. And this is a time lapse. And so it just starts developing roots. And what was a one hard shell of a seed planted, covered in dirt, watered, is all of a sudden, look how violent it is. It just, it just shakes and, and it's being transformed into something very different. It goes into the ground looking like one thing, and it ends up becoming something very, very different. Paul is trying to describe to you, that's what life is like. You're carrying around this shell of a body, but one day that body will transform and change into something very, very different. And that will be powerful and eternal. And it's like this is one of a caterpillar. And so this is a caterpillar. And you're going to watch this caterpillar and it's going to climb, climb out on this limb. And it's going to start eating all the leaves. And it's just, man, it can't get enough of leaves. But it looks one way. And then it takes itself and isolates and brings this hard shell over it. And it and it dies to its current form so that it can be transformed into something much different. And Paul is saying, that's what we're going to experience. That your life may take one shape now. And you may think, you know, it's not the prettiest of lives. <laughs> it's just, it's full of disappointments and poor decisions. And, but one day, I believe... God's going to do something on the inside that's going to transform me. So, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that I have had the honor of experiencing is going through final moments with different people over the years who have been a part of our church and being with them in the hospital when they take their last breath. And oftentimes it's not pleasant to talk about and it's like nobody really wants to be reminded that one day we're going to be transformed. Amen? And it's like that country song. Everybody wants to go to heaven. We just don't want to go right now or today or whatever that country song is, right? But when you sit in a room and you remember and you read the scripture, John 14 let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it weren't true, I would have told you. And I'm gonna go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself that where I am, there you will be also. And when you're in a room 
and somebody is lying there and they can't communicate or they can't talk and they're just peacefully sleeping and you believe that they hear you but there's no communication and then all of a sudden you watch them raise up and open their eyes and look to the ceiling and say, Jesus, and lay back down and breathe their last breath, you know the scriptures are true. One day, in the twinkling of an eye, you will be transformed. And your God loves you. And Jesus came so that you can know forever your life is going to be transformed. And one day, you will spend eternity in heaven. Not because we deserved it, but because the gospel is true. Jesus is alive and is coming back for you. And that's the gospel in a seed. That's the gospel in a shell. You are being transformed into the image of God. So would you do me a favor? Before you leave today, when you go out the doors, there's some communion cups of juice and a wafer, and it's just... And the taste, <laughs> the little wafer doesn't taste real well. But it's not about the taste. It's about this. It's a symbol of the blood that Jesus spilled on the cross and the life that he lived so that you could be transformed. May God bless you in the transformation. Don't carry shame and guilt. Jesus has nailed all that to a cross. Today, receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And let him transform you into the life power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you? Lord God, we all want to know that's true. We all want to know that our life can be transformed. That there is a better version of us inside us that's longing to come out. And that it all happens through the power of Jesus Christ. And by the receiving of his death, burial, and resurrection and saying yes to that and by being obedient to it, our life can be something very different, very new, free, and full of life. Thank you for your overwhelming grace. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.